Welcome back to the Sales Leader Show. Joining me today is James Thompson. He's a strategic account executive at Digital Route. He's worked for companies like Abacus Next, Benevity, Chargebee, and now, of course, Digital Route. He is also a founding member of the SaaS Sales Society, which is an exclusive club for insatiably curious million dollar and enterprise account executives. He's closed the largest deal in North American Chargebee history and has been the recipient of many awards, including highest total annual contract value, partner channel champion of the year, and the annual outstanding performance award. And today, we're going to learn how he has made his career choices and stayed at the top of his game. James, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks, Robert. Thanks for having me. That's awesome, man. I'm so excited. Appreciate you coming on. Um, when we were talking in the in our previous conversation, well, first, we actually connected because I saw a post of yours on LinkedIn. And I was really inspired by it because you actually turned down an offer from a, what sounded like a great company mm-hmm. because they didn't offer enough PTO. So I'm, tell me a little bit about that decision and kind of what led up to it. Yeah, it's, it's a good question. I was, it's kind of a crazy thing. I mean, it, it was a toss up between two companies at that point. And, you know, this is a company I had had multiple constructive conversations with the COO. Um, I was very excited about the product. Um, they had a, a number of products, I think four products, one flagship product that was doing really well. Um, the management team seemed great, right? And I get the offer and it's right in line with what I was expecting, um, both base and OTE. So I kind of took a glance at it. didn't think much of it. Nighttime came around, showed it to my wife and she starts reading the fine print. And, you know, halfway through the contract, uh, she looks up at me and she goes, this is not going to work for us. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, well, they only offer 10 days of PTO and it's accrued. And she said, did you know that? Have they brought that up? And I said, well, no, interestingly (laughs) enough, uh, that's, I said, that's, I said, that's not going to work. I mean, that's just insane. Right. I'm I'm almost 40 years old. I want to spend more time with family. Um, as I get older and, and in that type of, that type of PTO is just non-negotiable at this point, it needs to be a little bit more. So I took an offer with digital route that, that gives me 20 days instead of 10, which is much better. Yeah, no, absolutely. And what, was there any anxiety surrounding that decision or was it just a hard, nope, that's not going to work really? Yeah. Yeah. Because what it told me was that there's some red flags there, right? I mean, sure, people are saying, well, you could have gone and negotiated that with management. But for me, it was, it, it, it just, it told me what management was already like, right? Like if you're going to control that amount of limited PTO, if you're going to kind of give me that amount, I, I just feel like I can, I can do better. And I just don't want to be part of an environment where that's something that, they're not going to tell me about during the recruiting cycle. Right. I mean, I just feel like they've already, they've already lost a lot of talent uh, because of that. I was told later on. And so that should have been something that they were, they were upfront with rather than having me go through the whole song and dance. And so it was a hard no for me. Wow. That's, that's a, 
That's amazing. I, I, I think sometimes like, um, sometimes I'm, I'm a bit of a go with the flow guy in certain scenarios. And I've started changing that in the last couple of years because I think I get walked on a little bit too much sometimes, but that's <laughs> impressive. I think, you know, when it's such an attractive company in all other respects, it seems like at, at least based on the post. Uh, and that was just like a, a, a no problem. Now, obviously you have a great resume. You have, you had other options and things like that, which, which is nice, but, um, is that something that's always been the case for you where like, let's say it was low PTO and you're just thinking, no, it's this, this is not acceptable or is it sort of more recent? <laughs> no, no, definitely more recent. Early in my career, I would have been really stoked at this opportunity, you know, right. but now that I have a three-year-old daughter and, and I want to take vacations more and more and just have moments with my family, um, then it, it's just, it's really important that it, the company I choose is aligned with that. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this made me think about sort of the way I thought about companies, uh, the relationship between me and my employer in the past. And in my early years of my career, I definitely, I felt one down from my employer, meaning I felt like they had more leverage. They kind of got to tell me what, what to do. And it probably would have scared me to, to either turn down an offer based on that, or maybe even to go back and negotiate and say, Hey, listen, what's the deal with this? Um, mm. is, is that something you ever felt or, or have you always been a little bit more assertive than maybe me <laughs> in my early years? Um, no, I, I think I'm on par with that. Uh, you know, if you don't have, you know, if you're younger and you don't have the proven track record, right. You're not getting a lot of offers. Um, and so, yeah, it would have scared me too. And frankly, I didn't really know how to negotiate these type of things a long time ago, right? I, you just meet people along your journey that tell you that these things are negotiable and this is sort of how you do it. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So that I'm makes sense. You. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. Well, obviously you mentioned your daughter, your wife, um, and PTO obviously a big reason for that is to spend time with family. So family is very important to you. It seems like, and, mm -hmm. um, is family the only thing that kind of keeps you motivated to sort of achieve high levels of success or, or at least of effort at, in sales, or is there anything else that sort of drives you as well? Yeah. I, I kind of have a chip on my shoulder that makes me want to prove others wrong. You know, throughout my childhood, I wasn't, getting a ton of guidance from my folks, Robert. So, you know, this led me to being expelled from two high schools. Um, I was seeking validation from others since I wasn't getting it at home. And, you know, the second expulsion was, was due to the selling pot on campus. So I did, I only did that for four days. So you can confidently call me the, the world's worst drug dealer. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I remember going to my mom's house after this happened and, you know, my parents were divorced and, and, you know, I took the train to Carlsbad, went to her house and, and she kind of kicked me out of the house. And this was a time when I kind of really needed her most. And it, it was really hurtful at the time. And I won't get into the details, but I just remember taking the train back from Carlsbad to my dad's house in Fullerton and feeling all kinds of emotions, you know, 17 years old at the time. And I felt this sort of overwhelming sadness and I, I never wanted to feel like that again. So 
within that was kind of my rock bottom. Fortunately, it was early, and it was because I sold pop for four days, and it wasn't like <laughs> it wasn't anything worse. But um, yeah. you know, two weeks later, I, I had two jobs. I, I had a, a job at Disneyland, uh, working in Toontown at Daisy's Hot Dogs and uh, excuse me, Daisy's Pizzas and Pluto's Hot Dogs, making seventy seven. 773 an hour. So nice. Um, yeah. And then I had a, another job at Blockbuster making minimum wage. So, you know, pre Netflix days. Uh, and I enrolled in, in high school on the side to finish my credits up and also enrolled in junior college. So I just filled my plate. And, you know, the rest is history. I graduated from UC Irvine and have been running away from that feeling of overwhelming sadness, I guess, ever since. So. <laughs> Yeah, man. That I, I think a lot of people can relate to that. Obviously, circumstances are different, but gosh, I mean, I can't imagine how you felt on that bus ride back. Uh, because let me ask you this: Were you when you know you sold pot for four days? You know, <laughs> man, you really, really didn't know how to get away with it. No, but <laughs> but like when you started doing that, right? Was that something that? you that was like in your mind was that you going down the wrong path or were you just kind of like having fun or what what was what were your thoughts around that before you got busted yeah i mean for me it was just it was a way to 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 achieve quick money and you know my dad kept telling me to get a job while i was in high school right so did you know did you send an application at ralph's yet or you know and, <laughs> and so it just it was it was an easy way for for me to kind of have quicker money and of course it didn't work out and not only did it not work out but you know i got caught and it wasn't just a sort of slap on the wrist you're expelled get caught i mean it was they gave me intent to sell on campus so here i am a month away from being 18 and i could have been charged uh, with a felony i mean it was a very serious thing back then so I got three years of formal probation. Um, it was a whole ordeal, you know, and it was kind of like a scared straight episode, right? But a little bit yeah, lighter. Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> yeah. uh, but, you know, I'd be working out in the basement of my dad's house, just thinking of going to jail, you know, and they were probably right. all in on it. Like it's not going to happen with him, but, <laughs> right, right. but yeah. Wow. That's crazy, man. I can't imagine what that would be like. So, okay. So, that's got to fuel you a little bit, obviously. To now, do you still feel like you're running away from that at times? Is that still something that's with you? Meaning running away from that Absolutely. feeling of sadness? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell me about it, that. How does that affect you in sales? Um, it's just it's more of just a fear of failure. Like I always want to feel like I'm giving it my all. It, it, you know, and I can look at myself confidently and go, okay, I, I did what I wanted to do today. You know, yeah. so. That's, I think that's, that's how it translates. You know, mm -hmm. it, it used to be, well, I, I want to prove this person wrong and this person wrong and show these people that I'm not the old person that I used to be. Right. Um, mm -hmm. you know, now it's very different. It's me versus me. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, just if I can stand in my own truth and, and, you know, my, my ladder of success is leaning on the right wall. I think I'm, I'm okay with that. That, that's a transformation right there though. You just said, uh, you know, and the, before it was more about, you know, proving to other people. Right. But now yeah. it's, it's you versus you. It's standing in your own truth. 
I think that's highly relevant to the reason why that little PTO was no, it was not a difficult decision to say no to that. Sure. Because you're like, no, this is my values. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to let those go for someone else. Like, this is what I care about. Um, Was there a moment or was there a transformation that was intentional that happened from, that went, that, that took you from, you know, I care what other people think more to just really having a more healthy relationship with that? Um, you know, I don't know if it was just like one thing. It's a good question. Um, I think it was just, just a a number of things that happened in my life along the way, you know, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in my mid twenties, the, the stock market crashed. I was a commodity broker. (laughs) So, uh, I go from making six figures to, you know, working for Greenpeace for $13 an hour for like a year. Oh, <laughs> so there was just, yeah, there was like a lot of things that, that happened along the way that, that just knocked me down a peg, you know? Mm. And, and so I think, you know, everybody goes through that, right? They, they have a story and it's, a, it's about what you do with what happens to you, not about what happens to you necessarily. Yeah. I, I feel like this is like my fourth cliche that I have thrown out there on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> you know, it's funny though. It's funny because as I as I mature in my life, I start to realize that have you ever done this where like it, like a cliche, right? We all nod our heads to cliches. It's like someone says it, we're like, sure, yeah, of course, you know, whatever. We sort of take it for granted. But then there sometimes comes a moment where for me, it I get it. I get what that cliche really means, even though I always kind of got it, but like for some reason yeah, it clicks yeah. and it means something to me. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think, you know, cliches kind of come across cheesy when, when they haven't clicked for you. But I, I think, uh, I think they can be very meaningful as well. I agree. A hundred percent. Oh yeah. I, I took a Tony Robbins seminar. And I, <laughs> it cost me like a thousand dollars a long time ago when I didn't have it, but it was really worth it. He was, he was full of cliches, but uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that was... hilarious. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Um, well, I, I'm curious. So it seems like you're driven by at least a few things, right? Family is core. Um, getting better, right? Doing your best effort each day, mm-hmm. running from that feeling of sadness, right? how did you find well yeah how did you find your drive like is it something that that came to you or is it something you intentionally discovered i think it just came to me i don't know um just a, a little story so when i was 18 i was in junior college i didn't know what i would want to do yet i, I wasn't even sure i was a good student Right. Like I was good at a, a couple of classes, like along the way when I was in high school, just because, you know, you can tell probably by now I'm a decent writer. Right. Sometimes I write things on LinkedIn. And yeah. A lot of people like it. Right. So there's that. But I'm one um, of them. I love your posts. They're amazing. Thank you. Yeah. So like, but they always say, just surround yourself with people who are brighter than you and who are, who are motivated. So I had, this friend, his name is Amar, um, who just came to me one day. Uh, we were actually hanging out in my, my backyard uh, at my dad's house in Fullerton. He said, you know what, man, I'm just done with all the 
going out and um, he goes, you, you can continue to hang out with me or not, you know, because at this point I don't really care. <laughs> he goes, I'm just going to, I'm just going to study. And that's what I'm going to do. And at this point, I didn't even know that I was like going to be good at school. Like I had to learn how to learn, right? Like when I, when I got into junior college, I think I got into like math 15, which is like the lowest math class. So, wow. um, you know, and uh, he's, he's telling me this and I'm going, gosh, you know, it, it was kind of an epiphany where I'm going, well, I, 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 there's no way I, I want to work with my hands the rest of my life. <laughs> right? right. So I, I feel like I can, you know, let, let me just see how the school thing goes. If I really put an effort into it. So, so I did. And, um, and, you know, obviously you, you get more opportunities when you have a degree. So. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So we had a lot of all nighters and we had fun doing it. So it was fine. <laughs> well, that's an interesting point because your buddy, when he came to you, I mean, was that, was that super impactful at that time? Like when he came to you and said, Hey, listen, I'm done with this party. Yeah, or whatever. Because there just wasn't a lot of people around my life like that, mm -hmm. that were just that motivated. Right. right. Hey, we're going to actually cut it off right there. I know it's a bit of a cliffhanger, you guys, but uh, we had some technical difficulties at this point in the conversation. And don't worry, we got uh, we got it all figured out, and there's going to be a part two. Uh, it ended up working out perfect because the total conversation went longer than I was planning, and it ended up being an incredible conversation. So please check out the next episode for part two with James Thompson.